everyone. It's Rebecca. You're listening to Superwomen. Today's guests are Elizabeth and Lizzie, the co-founders of Mass. Mass is an app without ads, without sponsored content, just really showing incredible recommendations uh, for things you love by people you want to follow and trust. We talked about what life is like at a startup, the kind of mentality you need to have, and how they built some of their core values into their new company. Take a listen. So I am here today with the co-founders of Mass, Elizabeth Schaff and Lizzie Brockoff. Welcome to the show. Thanks Thank so much you. for having us. Yeah, Thanks for having course. us. Uh, when they walked in, uh, Elizabeth is three and a half weeks away from having her first baby. We were talking about kids. Second um, baby. Sorry, second baby. That's right. <laughs> I have three, so I have mom brain right now. <laughs> and we're definitely going to get into the challenges of being a female entrepreneur and a mother. Uh, but first and foremost, what is Mass for those who are listening? Yeah, so Mass is a new app that we just launched in November, and it's a platform that really allows you to ask for and make product recommendations with your friends, search and shop those recommendations. But really crucially, we actually have a zero tolerance policy for any paid for or sponsored content. Um, one of the things that we do differently to other apps out there or other recommendations platforms is that we really want to maintain the authenticity and credibility of the content. I know I've said this before, when I meet a developer, I'm like, I have an idea for an app. <laughs> what made you go through with actually developing an app in, in a market that I'm sure is crowded? And how do you, how did you guys come together as co-founders? Yeah, I mean, I can kick that off. Um, we actually do have a long experience working together. Uh, we first met six years ago when we were working at Motor Operando, a luxury e-commerce business. Um, and then we actually moved across to Jet.com, another e-commerce business that just had a big exit two years ago to Walmart. So we've got a history working together, you know, both, you know, on a professional and personal level. We've got like great life experiences now together. And I think, you know, embarking on our own startup was sort of a timing thing. You know, we'd spent six years in startups and um, when Jet got acquired, which was like a huge like endeavor for us, the two years of working um, to get it to that point, we were both at that sort of crossroad around like, you know, what's next for us. And we both had, you know, the desire to do a startup and, you know, serendipitously we fell pregnant one day apart and we just <laughs> wanted to like capitalize on that, you know, opportunity and timing to, to dive into it. And so when you went about, uh, did you get funding? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've received funding. So when you went through that process, because one thing I hear a lot is obviously, you know, I think we all know the statistics, probably 3% of, you know, women founded companies are funded by VCs and that it's, it's pretty hard to get funding as a woman. Did you encounter that or what were some of the challenges when you, when you set out to create the app? Yeah, I think it's really interesting um, when you think about the challenges with, with funding, because like you said, a lot of people have app ideas and they want to start them up. I think Lizzie and I really benefited from um, working in startups for such a long time before we went out and did the fundraising. So I think that definitely helped. But I think you definitely have headwinds. Um, and I know the stats around how many women get funded and it's pretty dismal right now. What we did was some of the things that worked for us were that we were coming at it with um, a number of years in experience building digital products in the 
in the area that we were trying to develop into. And then the other thing that we did when we went out and raised our seed round was that we we built a demo and we actually built like a little mini product to kind of show that we could execute and show what we could build and help demonstrate the vision. So those were like two things that I think helped us out with the funding. Yeah. So those would be two things you might recommend to someone else who wants to start out or launch something or, yeah. or even yeah. get funding. Yeah. I think, you know, for anyone fundraising is a challenging endeavor. I think the third thing that I would say that helped us along the way was, you know, we had some amazing mentors, um, both within the e-commerce industry and the VC industry as well. So actively getting feedback on, you know, the product and the concept at a very early stage um, helped us push us to like solidify what, what we were going to raise money off. So I think that also like actively seeking feedback early is, is a good way to go. Yep. Yeah, I would I would just like second that. I think it's kind of in our DNA, um, both for Lizzie and I, but then also just for Mass as a company is that we're always trying to like talk to experts, talk to get feedback from people, not not develop and not create the product in isolation. Right. But really try to get like brutally honest feedback and then listen to it. Totally. It's always <laughs> yeah. the hardest to listen to it, but it usually is helpful in the end, right? Yeah. You talk a little bit about, or from what I've read, uh, the anti-influencer movement. I feel that as a brand who's so ingrained, let's just say in an Instagram and you're like almost dependent on these influencers. What inspired you to create the anti, you know, have have mass be anti-influencer or or not have sponsored content be a part of the app? Yeah, I don't think that we're anti-influencer. Okay, good. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I stand corrected. <laughs> um, we're not out to get anyone, and I think that there's definitely influencers when they first came on the scene. I think we kind of forget a little bit, but when bloggers and influencers first became big, it was actually really profound. I think um, it was much more democratic. They were offering a point of view and these really individual takes that had grassroots appeal with people um, that weren't being represented elsewhere in the industry. So. I I think there's always going to be room for that. And there's always going to be room for influencers. But we just felt like there was a need that wasn't being served in the market. And that was for like, you're, you need something like you need your, uh, the right foundation, or you need the right stroller, or you're, you're researching. And I think the problem is there's a lot of inspirational content out there. Um, but when you're really getting down to evaluating the recommendations from people, there is a lot of conflict of interest and in helping people make those decisions and helping connect real people um, who aren't being sponsored by brands with something that was missing online. So how long did it take from idea to launch? We had the idea in our maternity leave. <laughs> this was your so, maternity leave from Jet. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I would say it was a nine month uh, period between having that like, you know, grain of an idea to sort of developing that and, you know, to a point where we were ready to raise money and leave our, our full-time jobs. So that was like a nine-month endeavor. And then from leaving our full-time jobs to like raising that first round of funding, it was about an eight to nine-month period to get a product, you know, out to market and launched, which was mid-November. Okay. And I would love to hear about some of the challenges that have come since you launched that maybe you weren't expecting? Like, obviously, any business has its challenges and some are expected and then some are like big surprises that are like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Wasn't <laughs> expecting someone to steal my name in China, you know? Yeah. it's We're only a month out, so it's almost like hard to even talk about it and put it in perspective because we're so in it right now. 
Um, but whenever you launch a product, this is Lizzie and I's first, I guess, community-based product. We've always worked in e-commerce before where you're, you know, setting up like landing pages and product detail pages and thinking about checkout and conversion. And now we're dealing with like real users who are producing the content, who are pro- our users are our merchandisers is how we think about it at the end of the day. So you learn from like what how people, you take the directions of the users at the end of the day and you learn from what they're doing and how they're using the platform and sometimes they surprise you. So it's harder to anticipate and I think build like a proactive like roadmap and know what you're doing because it's, it's a little bit more whiplash, I would say. You're like figuring out what they're doing and how they're using it and then trying to react from there. Right. And so being that I'm impressed that you came up with this idea on your maternity leave because I had a brain of mush on my maternity leave. It was Um, a kernel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We were very ambitious, you know, a week before we had the babies. We were like, okay, so we'll just, you know, reconnect online in a, you know, in a a couple of weeks. And I think it was a month later, we sort of like, we were like, we served our way. It was like, how are you doing? I'm dying. (laughs) I know. Not a lot of people talk about the fact that those first few weeks, as great as they are, are really hard, especially if. Yeah, I don't know. I like. There's a great New York Times little video about this that I watched recently. Recently, and it talks specifically around this this issue, which is I think is really not talked about, which is how hard recovery is. How hard recovery is, and then that you're alone. You know, potentially isolated. Yeah, I think it's also nothing can prepare you for what like your body will go through in that like four week, two weeks pre birth, like to two weeks post birth. It's just like phenomenal the sort of roller coaster. Yeah, but you're like exhausted and really bored a lot of the time too. Is what I hear, and like I had this experience. Totally, because there's a lot of downtime, but it's not like time to yourself because there's like a ticking time bomb in your apartment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hungry, little breast monster. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So how, I mean, you have one and uh, one on the way and you have one. So what is it like with doing a startup? I know the answer for myself, uh, but curious to hear your experience with having a startup, having, you know, a 22, two 22-month-olds, a baby on the way. I, What's it like? <laughs> she can't even speak. <laughs> I know, she's like, oh, it's terrible. like a deer in headlights. I don't know. Someone, I was laughing with a friend of mine, Andre, about this because um, the way that we described it is, you know, you're always trying to keep all the balls in the air. Yeah. But like the balls actually aren't in the air at all. Like they're always falling on the ground and you're picking balls up off the ground. It's, right. it's just like you have to like um, be okay with not doing everything as perfectly as you could have done it before you had kids. And I mean, obviously guilt is a big thing on both sides. You always feel like, oh, I should be spending more time with my kid or like, oh, there's still more that I could be doing with the business. So I think managing that mentally is quite hard. But yeah, there's not a lot of downtime to yourself. There's like no free minutes. There's no free minutes. <laughs> no. Some, um, someone I spoke on a panel last night and someone's like, what do you do with your free time? And I was like, I go to bed. <laughs> I sleep. Yeah. I don't read a book. I would love to read a book, but going to bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think for me, something that I try to focus on and I definitely am not perfect at, but is, you know, when I get home, you know, trying to be present, you know, we don't spend a lot of time with our, you know, young children. So, you know, when we are home trying to like that sacred hour before she goes to bed, like trying to be remain focused, even though like our slacks are blowing up in the background and my husband's there. <laughs> so I think that's one thing that at least I'm trying to savor and, and execute on not perfectly. So totally. I think we're all trying to figure that out, right? Yeah. 
So one, I, I don't want to ask if you have a motto, but when you put together like your company values and when you looked back at the learnings from your career in the past, what were some of the ways you wanted to incorporate that into mass? Yeah. I mean, the first one that jumps to mind for me is just being like laser focused on the user and our customer. I think we're very fortunate, Jet, to have that philosophy. And that's something I think we we find very important, especially because we're building a social product. So really making sure that we're speaking to customers or users on a regular basis and incorporating that feedback back into the product. Like we do this on a regular basis. We host focus groups at the wing with, you know, our top users and like actively solicit the good and the bad feedback. So I think just like laser focused on the user and customer is like definitely ingrained and something we bought across from our previous roles. Yeah, I would agree with that (laughs) (laughs) for sure. And when we put our values together, one of the other, the first ones that we came up with has to do more with the interaction within the team. And that's to be present, calm and kind. And that I think is both because I think that's just the way that, you know, you should operate (laughs) in life in general. But also, I think, especially at startups, they can be really high pressure um, and you can get into really stressful situations and nobody's perfect and the pressure gets to everybody cracks sometimes. But I, I do think that you're more productive and the team is more productive and you can move forward past things. If everybody remains, you don't get into those those that sense of like panic that I think both of us haven't worked in startups have witnessed over you have our not, careers. You haven't witnessed panic or oh, you, no, have? Have. Oh, you have? You yeah, have. I was going to say. Definitely yeah, panic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm panicking every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not a startup anymore. <laughs> Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. And I would love to hear your thoughts. I always talk a lot about the value of your network and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're rich as as much as your network is helpful. Um, How have you leaned on your network and how would you suggest or advise, you know, going about creating one or... I mean, our network has been invaluable. There's no way that we would have been able to raise money. There's no way that we would have been able to build a product, launch a product without leaning on our network. And like I said at the, you know, we talked about a little bit, just like it's in our DNA to like ask for help and continually reach out to people and get that external advice, but also just like connections to people is is really helpful. I think we both built our network um, organically over time. Like, I don't know that we went to like networking events and um, like handed business cards out. Like, I don't know that that really exists, but it's about creating friendships over time in yeah. your career that are lasting. Yeah. And I think, I mean, 
one of the things that happens on mass is we're essentially within the product matching you know knowledge with need and and really making that seamless and i think that's happening around you a lot of people out there are looking for the knowledge that you've got and we've got a lot to give back and we sort of utilize our network at jet and moda and the various workplaces to make sure that you know everyone's moving forward if our listeners in the subway and can't download the app right now take me through like a typical mass experience. Yeah. So when you download the app, basically what we do is ask you um, to select people to follow. And so you're hand selecting those people. And when you dive into the experience, what you're seeing is a feed of products recommended to you by those people you selected to follow. So it's a very relevant feed. Um, Basically, you can ask questions to the community or your friends specifically, and everyone answers with their, you know, very trusted, you know, authentic product recommendations. So it's around this ask and answer exchange and then you have a thank you button versus a like yes yeah (laughs) good good observation yeah i mean one of our you know observations when building the product you know we did a lot of like research into um you know why people help each other out and it's actually scientifically proven that um when someone does a random act of kindness or helps out another person you actually get you know great feelings and endorphins generated and we really wanted to lean into that experience and provide this like positive moment where you know if you receive something you've been looking for you just want to thank that person. So we really wanted to elevate that up into the experience. And so how do you plan to monetize mass? Right now, we're not as focused on revenue, Um, but right, we're more focused on user acquisition. But right now we take a cut of any of any of the transactions that are that that our app generates. Got it. So I think it's really important to note, though, that our users are our merchandisers at the end of the day. Mass doesn't have any editorial point of view whatsoever. Like, we don't take a stand on what products get promoted or featured. It's all based on who you follow in your feed and, you know, the users that you trust. So what do you think some of the key learnings, uh, whether it was at Moda or Jet, and you can share several, that that really prepared you to go out and do this? Because I know I meet a lot of young women who want to start their businesses and you know, they're always looking for ways to be like prepared or what could they learn while they're still being paid by someone else (laughs) to then take into their next journey. God, there's so many. (laughs) You can share as many nuggets as possible. (laughs) Like there's high level learnings just about like how to, how to manage, I guess, like your mental state working at a startup, high pressure, high growth startup. And then I think there's a lot of learnings that we had just around like operations and process, what works and what doesn't work when you're working with an engineering team, um, when you're designing digital products for users. I don't know where to dive in first. Yeah, I mean, I think as Elizabeth said, we didn't we like organically built our network through the amazing people that we've been exposed to in the workplace, but I think taking the time while you are still at in full-time work, if there's an area of interest that you like want to pursue, making that time to meet people in the industry and like, you know, do those like expert conversations. Like sometimes when you're in full-time work, you've sort of got your your blinkers on a little bit, but I think if you've got that inkling or desire using that time to actively seek out people that could help you in the future or like prepare you for like making that next step. I would agree with that. But I would also say that um, I benefited, at least my experience was that I benefited a lot from um, working with teams and sort of learning how to be a manager when I was working at both Mode Operandi and Jet before I started Mass. And I think some of the learnings there are just around like people management were very valuable. Tell me something because... 
that's one of the things that at least, you know, my acquaintances or women who manages, you know, large teams, like we think that sometimes that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. I mean, a couple of the takeaways that I've had um, is to always take the long view on the relationship rather than looking for like performance to be like turned around next week if there's an issue, for right. instance. Right. Um, but always having value for um, the underlying relationship and building that trust is incredibly important. I would also say that being direct and not holding back, but learning how to say things in like a, a way that people can take. And people can take a lot more than I think sometimes female like women managers are reluctant to give negative feedback or constructive feedback rather because you're worried about being labeled as a bitch or, you know, all the traditional words that, you know, yep. can be used. So, you know, but I think that not shying away from it, but learning how to say it in a way that's constructive and positive and still showing that you value the work that's being done on the team. But like, here's some like areas of growth or like room for improvement. And like the idea of a praise sandwich is always great. Um, it's a little, a what like, sandwich? A praise sandwich. So tell me what a praise sandwich is. I love it. Oh, a praise sandwich is you tell the person what you like a positive okay like i i really recognize that you put in like evening and weekend work and that's amazing and it's like totally the thing that we need on the team and you've done such a great job there was one area where things slipped through a little bit but here's where you really excelled gotcha so like okay it's a little it's a little slap between two waffles exactly okay <laughs> So um, when someone might be looking for a co-founder uh, or someone to like go into a startup with, what did you guys like and find in each other that made it so that you wanted to work together? Yeah, I think the first thing that's probably the most important thing was the um, proven history working together. I mean, there's no secrets when you get into this. There yeah. has to be like absolute openness and trust um, and willing to be open about the good and the bad. So I think that the proven track record working together um, definitely helped. I think, you know, as people go into, you know, people ask us a lot, actually, like co-founder first or like idea first. And I think for us or for me, especially, it was important that we, you know, had this seed of an idea and developed it together from day one, because it's essentially both of our babies. So right. I think, you know, the, the proven track record and ability to be absolutely comfortable with each other is really important. I do think as people are embarking on, you know, thinking about their startup, often looking for comp like um complementary skill sets is, is an important thing as well, especially going into a digital startup. Some people may look for that complementary like technology, um, you know, expertise. Like we, we have like overlapping expertise, but that may be something people would look for. Good. So one of the things that I like to ask each of my guests is something we'd be surprised to know about you. It can be funny, it can be random, um, but just making, you know, making our listeners like know that you're human. <laughs> I usually will share something embarrassing. I've been trying to think of something. something it, doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be embarrassing. <laughs> I, I always share something embarrassing. I have my like go-to random yeah. thing. Okay. Um, and it shows that I'm human because I didn't make all the right choices in life. But um, We never do. Uh, my undergraduate degree was veterinary science. So I'm actually oh, wow. a trained vet. Um, so that was in Australia. But ultimately I did a career transition. I think the background of that is like, you know, Australia and I think your education as well, you, you have to make a big life decision at, you know, 16, 17. Um, 
um, when you sort of haven't experienced a lot of what the world's got to offer. And, you know, I was like set on being a vet and I had horses when I was younger and I got a good score and got in. But I think you just, you know, I, I just grew a lot after that. And that was sort of the pathway I took. But that's my like... Fun fact. Love you know, that. Lizzie used to perform surgery on racehorses, which I just think is the coolest wow. thing. I was like, yeah, I was into no horses. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, I don't know whether I have anything that's like super, at least not that I'm willing to talk about that's yeah. embarrassing right now. But I did grow up. One thing that I think has informed me a little bit is that I grew up moving around the world. So my parents were both expats. Um, and we lived in different places. So I actually went to school in London, but they lived in um, Russia and Moscow in Libya in Scotland and then in San Francisco, which is less exotic. And then they were in Singapore. Wow. Um, so I think that was and I, I don't know. I think it's not a coincidence that we both have like international. N- neither of us like have like fully American backgrounds that we both have like a touch of international too. very diverse. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Good luck with this baby. Three and a half weeks to go. (laughs) Thank you. Elizabeth and Lizzie from Mass. And oh, sorry, I should probably ask this. How do you spell it and where do you download it? It's M-A-S-S-E, Mass, and you can find it in the App Store. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. That was Elizabeth Schaff and Lizzie Brockoff, the co-founders of Mass. You can find Mass in the App Store and uh, download it and start sharing your awesome recommendations and help a sister out. Our review today is Chelsea from Oakland. Thank you for always inspiring me and introducing me to amazing women doing amazing things. I just listened to the Hey Mama episode and it's just what I needed. Today is my second day back to work after maternity leave. I feel you, girl. And this was a perfect episode to keep me going this week. Thank you. You're so welcome. Stay strong. It sucks, but it only gets better day by day. Trust me from a mama of three. Thanks for listening to Superwomen. I want to hear from you. So DM me, email me, write me a good old fashioned letter and tune in next week. 